Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcasts. Putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru Mark Zweig and his team of experts straight talk in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter and the Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally wherever you are. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining Zweig Group Media and the Zweig Letter exclusive interview series. With over 25 years of continuous coverage of the design industry, the Zweig Letter is a consistent source of valuable information in an ever-changing marketplace. We are bringing you some of the best and brightest minds that our industry has to offer. Today, I'm pleased to welcome... Uh, I guess you're, you're a recurring guest now. Um, you've, you've been on this podcast a couple of times now, um, uh, probably outside of myself and Mark Zweig, you've been on the most, uh, but uh, Sanjay Jenkins is here. And uh, this is a special episode that we're going to be talking about millennials and Generation Y. Um, and why am I talking about that? Well, because it's it's something that that is on on the tongues of every hiring manager out there in the design industry. It's it's on the tongues of every um, project leader and project manager, team leader, discipline leader, department manager that's looking to hire uh, young people and, and trying to figure them out and understand what really makes them tick, whether they're an engineer or an architect or environmental environmental consultant or planner. It doesn't matter what it is. The bottom line is trying to understand this um, this this group of young people is it's something that um, it's worth the extra effort. And so today we wanted to probe the mind of a millennial. And um, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a chance for you to to get a, to get a better understanding on how these millennials think, so to speak, and and, and understand exactly what's going on in their minds. Uh, the thing about Sanjay, which is really great, is that Sanjay's been working here at Zweig for uh, several months now, right? Mm-hmm. Since yeah. January. Okay, and time flies. It so, does. Um, and he came here under an internship, and now he has been offered a full time job, and so he starts here full time in a couple of weeks. So we're really excited about it because he's an extremely talented young man. Um, but again, I think it's just, it's important to hear from his generation and understand what really makes them go. And so, you know, Sanjay today, you know, this is, this will be a chance for us just to talk yeah. and, and kind of hear, I mean, this, this is graduation week for you. It I is. think you walk the plank on, I mean, you walk <laughs> the stage on Saturday. That's and great. so that's that a really great. big deal. And I know your parents are proud and we're certainly proud to, to have you on the team here, but um, you know, t- 
talk to us about this whole millennial mindset. I know a lot of people are still trying to crack the code, yeah. if you will. But 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 you know what what are the things that are important to you? And I know you know a lot of engineers and architects mm-hmm. and other people at the University of Arkansas. Um, but but uh, tell me what your your thoughts are about that. I think the biggest thing common to my age group uh, is that we want a reason to care. Uh, we care deeply about you know things we're personally passionate about. Um, and whenever we approach the the work environment, one of the first things that we all look for, and this is something that I've sort of extrapolated just from my conversations with my peers, is what is the company doing that gives us a reason to to care? Like what is it's not just like what's in it for me, but like how can I help them achieve this greater vision? I mean, that's something that's really important to me personally. Like I see the vision here at Zwei Group. I buy into it and I see ways in which I can contribute. And I think that's what a lot of my peers are trying to do as well in their own uh, respects um, is they're trying to find ways to bring value to the the communities that they're a part of and to the the workplaces that they, they are in. I think um, culture, I think culture is, a, is a definitely a big thing. You know, you, you see like, especially in Silicon Valley, you know, you have ping pong tables and everyone's promoting this sort of like fun <laughs> environment. Right, right. And there is, you know, some importance to that. Like you want to be in a place that you're you're comfortable in. But I think what's really great about those environments is not the, the ping pong tables and the free smoothies, but they have these overarching visions that... They've got a very clear vision for the future. Mm-hmm. And if their vision aligns with what you see for the future, they will, these employers will go out of their way to help you be a part of it. And I think that's what really sets like a great place to work for versus just, you know, just a, just a job. Yeah, exactly. Where you're just kind of like an order taker filling, mm-hmm. filling a role. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, it, it culture, like you said, it culture is huge mm-hmm. and in the recruiting space that I operate in, um, the, the first thing that we want to understand is the culture of a firm that we're recruiting for. Mm-hmm. Because if we can understand the culture, when we go out and look for individuals, we can talk to these people and find out really what makes them tick and try to make sure that we're, we have a proper alignment from a cultural standpoint with a potential candidate. And a lot of a lot of uh, firm owners out there need to be thinking that same way when it comes to, you know, what does your culture say about you and your organization? Mm-hmm. And more importantly, how will people on the outside recognize it? Will will it be will it be recognized for being something that's that's harsh or, or that's ineffective or will it be um, recognized as an environment that is nurturing? where real growth can happen. And, and, you know, based on what you're saying, it sounds like most millennials are looking for a nurturing environment where they can truly make a difference. Agreed. Very much so. That's the thing. We want to make a difference. We want to contribute. I think there's this sort of misconception that millennials are lazy, entitled, that they don't care. Right. And that is, you know, 100% not true. Everyone my age, you know, we're all working really hard to try to achieve something. We have our own personal goals. We've got, um, you know, we're trying to make our, our family proud. All, all of these things that that we have these things that we carry on our shoulders. Right. And and we're we're hustling constantly. And it, it, you know, maybe 
we were we were talking about earlier how you know millennials spend like a full work day a month on Instagram right, itself. Right. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't you know really look like it's productive. It looks like we're wasting our time. Well, a lot of that time, you know, some of us are building huge personal brands on Instagram. Yeah. And you got to yeah. factor those things in. And we're we're building our own communities, our networks. We're just doing it differently. Yeah. And I don't think there's a problem with that. And I and I really wish that more people would appreciate that we're trying our best to contribute. We want to we want a seat at the table. We want to add value to our communities. Um we want to make the people who have come before us proud, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whoever they may be. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and you bring up a good point. I'm glad you mentioned the Instagram thing. It's, you know, one, and I think the, it was precipitated by the fact that you walked in here with some Snapchat glasses, yep. which, you know, it's kind of like the Google glass, but it's, it's for Snapchat and it, it records things in I guess 10 second increments or yeah. something along those lines, but you can almost kind of visually uh, give people a representation of what your day is like mm-hmm. documenting exactly what's happening. And that's kind of where we are. I mean, 15, 10, well, not even 15, like eight years ago, people would have looked at that like, what, what are you doing? Are you serious? Who has the time mm-hmm. to do that? Now it's like, it's all the rage. I mean, those glasses couldn't even be had for a while. Yeah. Um, and I know they had pop-up machines that mm-hmm. were selling them and then they would go away again. And now you can order them online. That's and correct. Everybody and their mother is, is, or is buying them in like turquoise black or red. Yeah. So the big shout the turquoise out, pair. you got the turquoise pair, which are really nice, but big shout out to Snapchat for, you know, coming up with something that's a little different. It's not too terribly expensive and it's something that, you know, the masses can have access to, but that's kind of where we're headed. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and essentially, you know, in a couple of years, engineers and architects will be able to go to a job site with a pair of glasses on like that and visually replicate what they've seen for anybody back at the office to oversee and look at, which I think is kind of cool. It mm-hmm. sounds futuristic. It's already here. Yeah. That's that kind of stuff is definitely happening. So we'll, you know, we'll see how that, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But um, back to the Instagram piece, I think it's important for firms that are listening to this and for for, for leaders uh, in the design industry space is to understand where the attention is. And it's not just millennials that are on Instagram yeah. like that. Uh, and so I think it's it's another untapped resource for uh, brand awareness, mm-hmm. um, for getting the word out about what your company is and what they do. I don't care whether you build bridges or buildings uh, or design landscapes or you know work with the environment. There are multiple ways for you to get your message out to people and let them know that, oh my God, this this company does X. And I don't know, I've seen them all over the place and I saw them on Instagram and my wife saw them on Instagram. And all of a sudden that you've got all this extra recognition that you didn't have before because you're looking at multiple channels outside of the normal ones mm-hmm. that you've utilized in the past, like the yellow pages and you know maybe a banner ad on a certain website or I don't know, um, you know, you, 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 you know, your own personal website, whatever it is, you know, there are a lot of different ways to get the message out now. And I think we need to be really mindful of that. Mm-hmm. And I think millennials are making us aware back to the the, the topic of what we're focusing on are making us aware that there are more is more than one way to skin a cat. And there's more than one way to interact with people. And millennials have kind of forced the issue in a number of areas, especially communication. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you think of it, it's like it's so much easier now for certain millennials. You just text them. They don't even want to be bothered with an email. So for for those of us that are out there emailing people left and right, 
you know, I've, I've said time and time again, that email is, is, is on its deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, there's going to be a different, um, medium that's going to capture people's attention. And we're seeing that now, obviously with YouTube, with Snapchat, those instant videos, and, you know, with just being able to give people a glimpse of information. And I think I was reading somewhere where the average attention span of an adult is, is less than five minutes. Mm. So you don't have that much time to begin with to make your point about your brand or about why your company is more special than anybody else and why you do X, Y, and Z. You've got to kind of get in and get out. And I think millennials definitely understand that and appreciate it and yeah. uh, certainly gravitate towards the things that um, speak to them in a language that they understand. Mm-hmm. I think, and part of it's just, we grew up with it. You know, it's just something that we've almost always known. I'm, it just depends on where you are and the millennial, you know, gap. I, I've never really been able to solidify exactly what the age range oh, is. Oh, I know. Millenn- yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. We, it's we could have, we could actually have a whole nother session on that in terms of the different age ranges and, and, you know, what generation you fall under versus what generation I fall under. And right now we've got the, the, what is it? The, the great gener the greatest generation. That's the generation that, um, that was, um, around during uh, world war two. And then of course, they spawned the baby boomers mm-hmm. and then the baby boomers after that, I think, I guess you have generation X, which I'm a part of. And, uh, and now you've got this whole generation Y. And then I guess there's generation Z, which is coming up, which are kids that are born uh, 2004 and later. Yeah, Those are like my kids that are born yeah. with like a chip in their brain mm-hmm. and can, you know, they, they can modify and do things on your iPad that you could only dream of doing. And so for some of you listening, whether it's your kids or your grandkids are able to take stuff some of the technology that you fuddle around with and do wonders with it. I mean, that's, that's just where things are going right now. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to be mindful of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's, um, that's just kind of where it is. So, so tell me, tell me, I mean, you, you talk obviously with all your peers and, and, and why don't you just give us some additional insights into the thinking you know, of the average millennial coming out of college today. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, what, what, what were you thinking six months ago, um, 12 months ago before you fully are about to enter the workforce versus what you're thinking now? And, and what are you anticipating things to be like in the next six to 12 months? Yeah. Okay. So I'll talk about what my peers have, uh, are thinking about just cause I've been having a lot of these conversations lately. Um, the, you can sort of categorize them into two groups: people who who are have some sort of certainty of the future, mm-hmm. and the people who are not. Right. And I both groups. Which group is bigger? Uh, to be honest, the uncertain group. Okay. I I I think so. At least, and I I think a lot of that is like just sort of like my own network bias. Well, know? this is and this is just so everybody knows this is an unscientific study by oh, Sanjay. This is not yeah. uh, this no, is not by, backed by uh, MIT or anything like that. No, no, so, no. This, you know, but but sometimes anecdotal evidence like this is really helpful. So with the, with the uncertain group, I think uh, you know, you you've got some level of political uncertainty. There's the will I have a job? Um I'm actually graduating a year earlier than a lot of my peers. Um, so I'm, I'm 21 right now mm-hmm. and my, the classmates that I graduated with in high school, they still have another year to go, uh, in college for the standard four year degree. Okay. Um, so for them, they, they, they still have a degree of uncertainty. They're still like trying to figure out what they want to do, where they want to be. 
um, but they don't know if those jobs are going to be there once they graduate. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of weird in that I've always, or not always, but uh, in recent history, I've, I've been very proactive. Like I, I haven't waited for a job to pop up. I'll do everything I can to make that opportunity. So six months ago, I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing once I graduated. I didn't know if I was going to, you know, get a job somewhere, if I was going to start my own thing. Turns out I'm doing both. Right. Which is always cool. Right. Um, and that was the same sort of stance I was at 12 months ago as well. The, I think the biggest thing is like for me and some of my friends who are in the, the certain category, we have the self-awareness to know, okay, look, we, we, we have these skills. This is what we can do. This is what we're good at. And we are going to try our hardest to utilize them and make our opportunities ourselves. Right. Um, and I do surround myself with a lot of people like that. Those are the, usually the people that I work with on, on a lot of my, my projects outside of Swag Group. Right. Um, and, and those folks, uh, you know, they, they, we all recognize the uncertainty in, you know, in our external environment, whether it be political or you know, just social, whatever the case may be, we, we recognize it and we try to navigate it the best we can. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, you know, going back to it, we just, we all just want a reason to care about something. Yeah. And, and this, we're all just trying to figure out what we can care about. Okay. So there is that birds of a feather mm -hmm. situation. So you, you, you end up around a lot of like-minded people yeah. that, 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 are, that think the same way that you do and operate the same way that you do. And you mentioned something interesting, which is, you know, everybody's got like what we now call side hustles or yeah. side gigs, mm -hmm. or, you know, we're moving into this gig economy that everybody's talking about. Well, what does that mean? I mean, you've got people that are working nine to five jobs that also do Uber at night. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not to say that there are a lot of engineers or architects that have time for that, but I think it's important to understand that, you know, there was a time when you join a firm and that firms had a no, a no moonlighting policy. Mm -hmm. You couldn't work. I remember the first time actually at Zwei Group, we used to have a no, a, a, a no moonlighting policy. And when I first took my job back in the 90s here at Zwei, at the time we were Zwei White and Associates, we, you know, when we signed our, our, our offer letter, you know, it said very very directly that, you know, you weren't allowed to do that. That was, you know, we want your focus to be right here. How do you reconcile that this in this day and age? Uh, is it that things are just moving at a much faster clip? Uh, is it that the technology is such that it affords individuals an opportunity to, to stay hyper-focused in, in a job environment and still do something on the side? Or, you know, what how, what, do you, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, I have my thoughts, but yeah. what are your thoughts about that? No, I, I definitely think technology definitely helps us do this. That's the biggest tool that helps us, that helps me sort of keep things separate, but still have both these things running. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm at Zwei Group, you know, things do come across my desk, do come across my phone. I do get text messages and phone calls about some of my other projects, but I'm still hustling on Zwei Group. You know, right. when, I, when I'm here and even, you know, I'm an intern now, but I definitely spend Not a lot of time. for long. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Just, I can say that for like one more day. Right. And then, right. Right. And then we got you. And then, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe things change all of a sudden. Who no, knows? No, no, no. No. That's no, I think, but what I was trying to say is like now, you know, I spend my time while I'm in the office focused on, on, on building the things we need to build for Zwei Group. I spend a lot of time outside of the office. 
um, even as an intern. I know I've talked to some of my friends who have had internships and they were discouraged. Like their bosses actually said, don't work on this outside of. Right. Um, I find a lot of value. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we can do that, that we're doing. I mean, it, I think it's fun. And I think that the difference is like, you know, I've bought in. I care. I there. I've been given reasons here to care. And I do care deeply about this company. And, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time working on it. But technology affords us, affords me the ability to spend this time here working on Zwy Group things and knowing that when it's time for me to work on my other projects, I can jump right in. Um, a lot of my processes I've automated or at the very least I've set up to where there are simple button pushes. You know, I, I used to run Boxy. Uh, I actually just recently sold that company. I, I used to run that, do a lot of the marketing work for it during my lunch break yeah. uh, from, from Zwy Group. So that and then I think it's technology and the biggest thing is, is self-awareness and being able to like balance balance the things that I have going on. Just like being able to prioritize efficiently and say, okay, well, this is when I just have to work on these things. And and this is when I have to work on these things. And and being able to sort of, you know, I, I uh, you know, when I see a dog on the street, I'm always like, oh, oh dog. Right. Uh, like really the attention span is, is, is kind of short with me, to be honest. But when I need to get work done, I get work done. And I attribute that to my just sort of like a, ability to know, like, this just needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you find a lot of your peers share that. Sentiment. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially oh, absolutely. those that are successful. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's graduating college, in, you know, in three years. I mean, that's that's always helpful, I mm -hmm. think. Um, so, you know, it, you bring up a good point with regard to, um, you know, just this this whole issue of uh, of moonlighting, which I think is interesting. Um, technology and self-awareness. Um I think honestly that that some of the things that I've seen in terms of stuff that I've ever, if I've ever done anything on the side, which I haven't done since I I came back to Zwy Group, but doing things on the side has kind of helped me be better at in my primary focus. Mm -hmm. um, and so it sounds like some of the things that you've picked up on the side, you've been able to bring back here and apply. And I oh, know absolutely. in what you're doing with social media and mm -hmm. some of the marketing and e-commerce stuff that you're about to work on. You've had some experience and you're uh, leveraging that experience at this in this place. And it's not so much that, oh, you know, doing that cheats out whatever other endeavor you have. It's just that one enhances the other mm -hmm. and vice versa in some instances. Oh, absolutely. So. That's actually a really perfect example. So Boxy, e-commerce, that's really when I got my feet wet with e-commerce. And mm -hmm. now I'm coming in and I will be working extensively with the e-commerce department here um, that's one of my main job roles. Again, with the marketing piece, that's what I ran uh, uh, for Boxy. It's what I'm. It's what I'm doing here a lot, and I just can keep growing. Like there's, I don't stop growing at any point in time right. because I just continue to work on on these things. They're just aligned differently to to slightly different visions. That's the only difference. Yeah, and I think the the important distinction to make here the the point simply is that you know for those of you listening and in, in, in the design space, if you've got individuals that are working on other things outside of the job, is I, my encouragement would simply be is to help them find the areas of compatibility or mm -hmm. you know the the areas of of overlap. Yeah, and you know maybe something that they're doing on the side uh, has pr a practical 
aspect within the the confines of your organization and figure out how how you can kind of help those two things coexist, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is important. But I, I I do see in the next five to ten years, well, not even you know four, three to five years. That firms are certainly going to have to be much more flexible as it pertains to that. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, with this whole millennial mindset, if mm-hmm. you will, um, and, and see how that continues to expand. The thing that I see mostly out of millennials is that you just process things faster and sometimes even faster than maybe your subordinate. I mean, maybe more than your direct reports do. And sometimes that can be frustrating. And how do you overcome that, right? Because yeah. you're 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 saying one thing, and your and your direct report is saying your the person that you directly report to is saying something else, or they're misunderstanding you, or there's just no there's no I don't know simpatico arrangement there, and so it's kind of frustrating. So you've got to I think one thing that I would encourage those in in leadership or management positions in the design space is to be patient about the understanding aspect of, of where some of these young people are, millennials like Sanjay and others, because I think that um, you've got to kind of understand how they do things and in, in, in the way in which they do things and kind of make it work within the confines of your organization, within the cultural makeup of your of your firm. All of these things are, are, are is stuff to consider. Mm-hmm. And we can't just blindly say, oh, I've got to go hire out these young people. I'm going to bring them in and, you know, we're going to we're going to convert them into. Well, you can't really convert these individuals this way. I think what you have to do is help them buy into your culture, first mm-hmm. of all. And then secondly, give them some freedom and space to kind of flex themselves and understand exactly what's going on, how they need to do their role, make sure that it's very clear and give them um, give them some kind of space so that they can then maybe figure out different ways to interpret the role that you gave them. Not so much that it's so far outside of the realm of what you've asked them to do, right? I mean, you're not going to, I mean, you're just not going to do that with a designer. I mean, a designer is going to come in and design stuff and you're not going to then have him meeting with clients right off the back. I mean, that that just doesn't happen. Um, They've got to spend some time in front of a computer. They've got to spend some time modeling and putting things together um, so that you do have a a viable product, um, a, a viable um, project to present to a client. And so uh, it takes time for that. We're not suggesting that you jump several steps, but be mindful of where those individuals are in their progress. And when they show progress and the ability to kind of leverage their understanding of technology, their understanding of maybe figuring out a way to skip a step or two and still get the same objective, you figure out a way to help them enhance that and continue to do to refine those efforts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 you know, the minute that you start saying that's not the way that we do things or that's not the way that we used to do them, then you've kind of lost. You've got to be flexible and amenable to change, especially from a management perspective mm-hmm. with with the young people coming out of out of school like yourself. So, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are about that. No, I, I completely agree. I, I very much do. Um I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I think no, you, that's you covered it, Randy. Okay. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I mean, again, I just really wanted to, I just thought it would be something to talk about. And part part of what we're trying to do here with the, the Zweig Letter podcast is just to bring awareness in different areas or aspects of our business in the design space and, and exactly what's going on and, and how people can, you know, kind of position themselves for greater success. Um, one of the things that we talked about doing that we are going to do very soon is that we're going to have a, a roundtable discussion with uh, some young engineers and architects so that that our listening audience can 
understand exactly what um, what's going on mm-hmm. uh, with these young people and what their thought process is. And, you know, some of these, I know you know some people and there's some other people in the office that are uh, familiar with some young people coming out of school just to kind of pick their brains and see what their thought process is around the design industry space and, you know, what they're hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years. I think it'll be interesting to see and hear from them uh, in terms of their expectations, uh, because again, a lot of times we, you know, we we move forward with the idea that we've got everything figured out and and it's all within our 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 grasp. But the reality is is that this 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 world is constantly changing on a daily basis, and I think we need to be mindful of that and understand you know what it means. Um, to kind of be progressive and on the cutting edge of that change and not be run over by it, right? Because a, a, a lot of firms could be run over by that. And we run into that all the time with firms that are just stuck in the the 90s or stuck mm-hmm. in the 80s and the way they operate. And they, you know, they can't attract young people like yourself that are smart and intelligent and, you know, f- moving fast moving and, and quick thinking and always willing to try something new. They can't, they can't, um, they can't succeed with those kind of individuals because they don't create a fertile ground right. or a place for opportunity for that to really grow. Right. And that's what I think is, is that's the difference. And and so firms need to be intentionally thinking about how do I make my company a fertile ground and a place where these young people can come in and thrive and they don't feel like they're being throttled, mm-hmm. that they're being held back uh, or that they're being slowed down. I mean, it, granted, there are, there is some place for that within certain roles, uh, within certain disciplines within the design space. But overall, um, we need to be flexible to give these young people some space so that they can really, you know, spread their wings a little bit. And and obviously, they need to learn the foundational things. They need to learn the basics and the fundamentals of engineering, the fundamentals of architecture, and the fundamentals of design. Uh, but we need to be really flexible about, you know, giving these young people some space so that they can kind of test the waters, so to speak, and understand it without killing anybody. We're not uh, suggesting that. No, no, no. We don't need any young designers going out and designing bridges without fully understanding the ramifications of what a, a true, proper horizontal structure is supposed mm-hmm. to, how it's supposed to be designed and built. But um, what we're talking about is giving these young people a chance to really kind of show you what they know uh, and incorporate that within the confines of how you run your organization. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. I think, you know, the, the attraction creating that fertile ground, I, if design firms really focus on creating an environment and then and branding and, and like telling their story of, of this environment where, you know, anyone, regardless of age, right, can go and flourish. Yeah. People are going to be lining, you know, up to work there. Yeah. And, and that's that changes the game i think in the design industry if you have people just like eager to work i mean you're going to do some amazing work yeah yeah no that that goes without saying so man i could we could go on and on and on about this um i think again the the idea that we have for this uh round table discussion with a few other people is going to be really helpful for our listening audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd certainly like to hear from you as well uh, about some of the topics that we've covered in the recent past. Um, we've had a chance to talk about, um, you know, life hacks, 
Uh, we're going to do another life hack series episode really soon. We're going to talk about some of the uh, health hacks mm-hmm. to to bring yourself forward and and um, and to take advantage of some of the technology that's out there and some of the 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 brews and all kinds of elixirs that can help you be more successful. I'm speaking of bulletproof coffee specifically, among other things, and, <laughs> and we will talk more about that in the future. But um, we'll certainly spend some more time on that, and and Sanjay will be more of a fixture here on the podcast, and he will certainly be able to give his two cents and and uh, be a foil uh, to what I'm doing and, and to what we're doing here at Zwy Group to continue to uh, open up the dialogue. If you've got something that you want to hear specifically about, you can always email us. All of our information can be found in the show notes. And, and so we certainly want to encourage you to interact with us uh, here as often as possible on the Zweig Letter podcast. Um, as a reminder, all Zweig Group media programs like this one are available um, usually in podcast format always, and then video format sometimes, free for download. Um, You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, just to name a few places. We'd like to thank you uh, for listening to the podcast by offering you a free copy of the Zweig Letter and, there's, there's an and, a free subscription to Civil Plus Structural Engineer Magazine. You've heard it here first. A one-year subscription to Civil Plus Structural Engineer Magazine. Just visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com and we will take care of everything for you. A link to all of this information, including contact information for our guests, will be in our show notes. I don't know if I can even call you a guest anymore, Sanjay, but anyway... You'll get Sanjay's information in there as well as mine. Reach out to us anytime. And we'd love it if you go to iTunes uh, or wherever you tune into this show and give us a rating. Five star preferably. But if not, four is good, too. If we suck, let us know about that as well. We just want to hear the the feedback is important. And please share a, a link to this podcast with one of your friends. I'm Randy Wilburn. I was joined today by Sanjay Jenkins. And you've been listening to Zwei Group Media part of Swag Group. Remember, we exist to make you more successful. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can apply the Zweig team's no-holds-barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free six-week subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com to gain more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.